Welcome to On the Road with Supernatural, the podcast where we watch and discuss Supernatural episode to episode from the beginning. I'm Jasper Graydon. I'm Jordan Graham. And I'm Allie. And we'll be your hosts for this Monster of the Week journey through American folklore and Christian mythology. This episode features the Striga, which is a kind of witch. So why don't we talk about who our favorite television or movie witches are? Yeah, I'll go first. I definitely force everyone to watch The Craft, so it is one yes. of my absolute favorites. Me um, included. Yeah, I, I did. not seen it before, which is like a fucking travesty given my entire me, but I hadn't seen it before I watched it with Jordan. Yeah. Over this past Halloween, I think. I Was it Halloween? It, I feel I like mean, it might have even been more recent. Yeah, maybe. Or like a month after that or something. Yeah. But anyway. But yeah, there's something about like 1995 to 2005 that just like hits Mm. really good for me. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's just like the nostalgia. No, because it's like, I don't know, it's before a lot of computer generated effects. And there was a lot of like artisanship and craft details and things like that that go into like sets and props and yeah it just it's just good absolutely and even like down to the way they use music Mm, in that mm -hmm. time frame like it's just so good it's just like a fun little time capsule Mm -hmm. but like the thing i like about it is like they did a really good job of having like four different witches gave them like such distinct different personalities and the movie is like so quotable nancy is so memorable icon a complete icon um no one like at least no one who's not a man dies so like i kind of like that i kind of like that it's not like oh there's obviously this mentally ill teenager and they're gonna get murdered for having issues like i like that it doesn't do that which for like when it came out is surprising um also a lot of it takes place in like a big house that one of the characters lives in i just love spooky Mm -hmm, gross houses But yes, watch The Craft if you haven't yet. I have not seen the sequel, Craft Legacy, that just came out a couple months ago. So if you like it, please tell me or I should totally steer clear. Let us know on Twitter or Instagram. Don't make (laughs) me sit through something that's bad, please. I beg of you. What have you, Allie? My favorites are two from very wildly different things that weirdly feel the same. Oh. Hmm. Um, I'm going to choose Salem from the original Sabrina. Mm Mm-hmm. And Morgana from Merlin. Oh, good choice. Which I know are very oh, different the TV mediums. show? The TV show. Yes, I yes. love her. I love her. Oh, That's a good pick. Bog witch aesthetic <laughs> in those late seasons, baby. Yes. She's and so both hot. are weirdly sexualized. Well, weirdly for the Salem part of it. Yeah. Um, but both are kind of like wronged by their setup and have a lot of depth and are kind of the like Salem's the funny one while Morgana is the dark and witty one. Yeah. And I just love both of them so much that I couldn't pick one. Um, I would love a TV show with just Morgana has a pet Salem. I would watch the fuck out of oh, that. Oh, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> My ass. Are you kidding? Uh, also, I haven't mm-hmm. seen a lot of the original Sabrina. Oh, it's so good. But am I remembering correctly that, like, Salem kind of has, like, a bitchy gay vibe? Yes. Okay. Yes. Fully. I thought so. I Because it's, like, weird how, like, 
like those things are the things i mean it's not mm-hmm. weird obviously i'm fucking gay i only remember <laughs> the gay shit from my childhood tv experiences but still it's weird that that's the only thing i remember yeah he's like super charismatic and snarky and sarcastic and just yeah i remember character. him being a complete bitch mm-hmm. yeah, he reminds me kind of like of a uh, jafar if yes. Got, yes! Like, yeah, trapped yes. in a cat yeah, I I just adore them both, and I named my own cat Salem after him, um, which fucked me over because now Salem is a fucking monster. Yeah, but be I careful with him. the names you give things. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I learned my lesson, but I still adore him. What about you, Jasper? I would like to shout out iconic bitches Willow and Tara from Buffy, which I can never, I can never stop talking about that show. Apparently (laughs) I apologize, but not really because it's so good. Mm. And I wish I could totally turn off the part of my brain that is constantly going, fuck Joss Whedon, fuck Joss Whedon, (laughs) fuck Joss Whedon while I'm trying to enjoy it. But anyway, I I love them so much. I love the way like witchcraft in that show is first used as a way to explore sexual identity Mm. and her friends trying to understand, for, for Willow I mean, and her friends trying to understand that part of her as she is learning about it too. And then later how it's used to sort of talk about addiction and withdrawal Mm. and things like that i think like the addiction part was maybe a little clumsy yes it was was clumsy especially in comparison to the sexuality thing i yeah i want to talk about them a lot more but i don't want to cause spoilies (laughs) for ali yes we're trying to force to watch buffy eventually but Anyway, like at the time when this was airing, like there were not, there was not gay shit on TV. And in fact, they didn't even have like a kiss for a really long time, an on-screen kiss. Uh, One of the first ones was, I think it was an episode with a funeral, whose I'm not going to say once again. Yeah. (laughs) And they were like comforting each other. But they're just like so wholesome and like sweet and... I don't know. Willow's a fucking badass, and I love when she goes Dark Willow. I love the Dark Willow arc. It's just so fun. <laughs> and she does the board now with Warren in the woods. Yeah. I, yeah. When I was watching it with my roommate, who was my bestie also, he did not remember that that was a line from season was it season two or three where they had the vampire willow i was just gonna ask you when you were done i'm like i know you like witch willow what do you think about vampire willow okay we can talk about that (laughs) later like we'll talk about vampires at a later date gotcha gotcha because like dissecting if i prefer dark willow like witch powers or vampire willow is really difficult Mm -hmm. but everyone loves the board now moment and they both do it it's also i kind of i'll quickly mention like how big willow and tara like our willow too even before tara came along was for like the queer community especially because right before buffy the vampire slayer we had ellen whose character came out in the show and the show was immediately canceled yes so like for like that to happen and be so well received like yeah that was amazing and it just really shows the power of like even silly little genre tv shows to have that kind of representation that's positive Mm -hmm. and yes especially when the target audience is teenagers and young adults like in their 20s 
um, it can mean a lot to see a character thriving on screen and, you know, it makes you feel like, oh, it's okay. Yeah. And it's obviously not as bad now mm-hmm. as it was when we mm-hmm. were kids, when we were growing up. Um, but, you know, it's still really hard. And that's why I, I kind of like what we do. It's like really important to dissect things in this way to like kind of show the message that like you're really teaching people when mm-hmm. you show them these TV shows. Yeah, exactly. This is not just like being shot off uselessly into the ether. Yeah. Like everything has a message. Everything has an agenda. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely it's good to just use a critical eye when consuming media like that. Yeah. All right. Today's episode is season one, episode 18, Something Wicked, the one where the boys exploit child labor. (laughs) 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 I'm so funny. This episode was written by Daniel Nauf and directed by Whitney Rancic. It originally aired on April 6th, 2006. Before I talk about anything, just watching this episode after watching last episode, we're talking about like tonality in last oh episode. Oh my god, like, right? Right? Like, things actually make sense yeah. in this episode, which is so refreshing. <laughs> like, things have, like, a point. <laughs> yeah. And it's sad to say that. Yeah. I think, though, I would feel that way, even if, like, was another one I rated really bad? Bugs. I think yeah. if I watch Bugs after uh, Hell House, I would still be refreshed by any kind of narrative sense. I'm not saying it's yes. a better episode. I'm just saying it, it has a narrative arc that makes sense to me. Yes. Ali's looking at me like I'm insane. Yeah, I, I disagree with both of you. I did I did rate Hell House a lot higher than Bugs, so. Yeah. Yeah, but half of what I gave it, less than <laughs> half. <laughs> so we'll just disagree on this one. I appreciate Hell House for what it was, but this episode just... This is a good one. It was written better. Yeah, Ugh, and it just it just hits different after the finale, I tell ya. Well, like, even coming from the very first thing that happens in the cold open, like, the girl, like, praying, like, even that, like, the foreboding, it's just well done. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you both immediately were like, aww. Well, I wrote down Creepy Kid. Oh, I didn't think she was creepy at all. I Ooh. love that kid. I love yeah. her. That girl was a boss-ass bitch. When yeah. I was that old, if something was by my window bothering me, my whole body would shut down, and I would just be like, I guess this is how I die. We've yeah. already discussed <laughs> freeze response. She gets her ass out of bed and is like, uh, and shuts the curtains. She's like, nope. And even, like, the real effect of, like, the shadow puppetry mm-hmm. was yes, so good. Yes, that's what I'm fucking talking about. Practical effects, baby. Oh, talking about the hand, though, I mm-hmm. love how they, they make it look like the branches, yes. the shadow of the branches. I love that. It's just such a, like, everyone has worried about that yes. as a kid. Yeah, everyone. Literally. Mm-hmm. And it's also a good play on, like, a trope that people are actually Mm -hmm. afraid of, too. Yeah. I thought the intro, too, was so fast-paced. It got what it needed to done, and then it moved on. There was no excessive lingering. Right, right. Which sometimes seems to be an issue. Yes. Yeah, I love how it was. Here's a creepy kid. Here's an even creepier witch and a traumatizing experience. And then music and a nice drive. (laughs) <laughs> oh and it's uh the first transition out of that in a while mm-hmm. that was not on the phone or it, no one was asleep yeah how many is that total like two two, two. yeah <laughs> <laughs> two out of 18 it's a miracle when it happens <laughs> 
So we do find out immediately after the cold open that they received coordinates from their father. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we are back to that now. Back to that bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Dad barking orders. And I love how in that moment, Dina's just like, I'm the oldest. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) It's so funny. I don't know. There's like the sibling stuff. Mm -hmm. I I just. Well, it also, that line kind of set up the tone for the episode too. Yeah, because he's very, he's very serious and evasive the whole time. Yeah, I put Papa Winchester bullshit. What is Dean like, 10? And then you do find out he is either 9 or 10. Yeah. Which is shocking. I also thought this was very interesting because I don't know if we talked about it in the podcast or outside, but the three of us had a conversation where I had asked you both, do you think the show would be enhanced or lessened by having flashbacks oh, of yeah, their... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to bring that up. Yeah. Actually, we were both like, la, la, la. Yeah, because yeah. I think when we were recording that, we recorded that conversation. And I was like, well, let's... Let's talk about something else. I can't yeah. even remember how I changed the subject. But yeah, I wanted to know how you felt about mm-hmm. that. Because I, you know, I think the transitions are a little hammy. And yes. like, I don't know why they stay on. I mean, it's a it's a good face. I'll give you that. It's a good <laughs> face. But why do they stay on Dean's face for so long before yeah. letting you know it's a flashback? It's a little awkward. It should be shorter. But yeah, like I, I personally, I love like the extra insight. Mm -hmm. Well, especially because like this whole series so far has been building up that there is so much underlying tension between Sam and Dean, but then also with the father. Yeah. And like they all have their dynamic with each other. So actually now getting to see it like is answering so many questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it, it really only has been like discussed. It's been very, like, between the lines, yeah, I would say. even with how much we heard, just the shock of seeing a kid so young left alone with such responsibility. Like, when we hear about it, you can imagine him being, like, mid-teens, that type of thing, being an age where this is not a horrific choice by the father. Um, But then as soon as they open up with the first flashback, him being 9 or 10, it's like, oh, okay, this is fucked. So... After we have the car scene and they have like the I'm the oldest, Mm -hmm. I think um, Mm -hmm. that's when they enter the town Mm -hmm. where their father sent them and they see the children. It seems sparse. The lack of children. The lack of children. They they mentioned the time four ten and I was like my brain was like what's what's the importance of that no there wasn't nothing. <laughs> nothing yeah just that there should be kids yeah outside the school also oh. four ten seems late for that it's such a weird I mean it's school will yeah, end at like it, three yeah I've heard ranges from like two thirty all the way to like four thirty depending oh, see, on the we school. get out at two thirty so that's yeah. why I'm like what the hell so are kids doing at four when like, I was right. in school the high school would get out at two thirty and the elementary and half of the middle would get out at three thirty. That's yeah. true. So that's, that's a good not, point. That can be normal. Also I don't know if you noticed but the mom that Dean talked to in the playground was the same actress who was the nurse in Faith mm. um that talked to Sam at the front desk. Oh, I would not that have makes noticed. Sense. Never would have nope yeah. Also, he's pretty lucky that he's good looking and white because I was like, anyone else, that would be so weird to just go up and talk to. Hey, let me just talk to you about the lack of kids here. Especially in a playground. Yeah. Yeah. And then go to the hospital with a bikini inspector badge looking for children. Yeah, that that was was stupid. Possibly unpopular opinion. Oh, this episode may have had my favorite music. Yes! 
That is not unpopular. Okay. I wrote down about the music I too. There's it. a consistent theme throughout it, and it even has like its little key change resolution yeah. thing mm-hmm. at the end when everything's happy now. But I, I it love it. It was totally it's appropri- exactly. appropriate. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the only episodes in this season that I can think of that has a theme that mm-hmm. makes sense. It, the only other yeah. one that comes to mind really is Skin, but I also find those songs to be extremely cringy and yes, bad. absolutely. So. This episode, like, it almost, not as well done, because, like, this show mm-hmm. does it kind of masterfully, but I got a little bit of, like, Twin Peaks, the first episode vibe. Like, how they really use, mm. like, the piano scoring to, like, really yeah. build. I actually wanted to talk about the referential nature of this episode as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and I think you know, because there are so many other elements in it that are working really strongly, it's something I can overlook. But my my big problem with this episode mm-hmm. is that it is so extremely similar to an episode of Buffy. I'm sorry, I'm bringing up Buffy again. But you know the yeah. one I mean. She has the fever, yep. and she's in the hospital, and there's the monster posing as the doctor yep. so that it can eat the children. Mm. And I'm just like, oh, come on, guys. Like, So I've actually had this thought. Well, for one... Buffy ended in early 2000s, right? Like 2001. I say 2001, 2002. Around there. I'm going to give it like first season still catching its groove. But there has been so many like moments mm-hmm. where I'm like, they're obviously like, this is heavily inspired by another TV show. And right. this episode was one of them. Yeah. And I think like another thing that works in its uh, favor to counteract that is the fact that the show does specifically bring up Buffy yes. every now and again. And it specifically brings up the X-Files every now and again. So I'm, I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, it doesn't bother me that much. But just since you were mm-hmm. talking about it, reminding you of Twin Peaks, <laughs> I was like, oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> so when we're in the hospital and they kind of talk and do the posing as the mm-hmm. CDC agents. Yeah. Um, then they go back and they break into the father's house where the mm. child had gotten sick. First, I don't like to nitpick little things like that. They didn't ask if there was like, oh, is there like a mother? They just like assumed he was a single dad. <laughs> So they just kind of that's like true. broke into a house. His his mom could be living with him. Right, that's but true. The thing that's that, a good point. Yeah. I didn't think about that at yeah. all because my I was in Dean's emotions land. Yeah, but <laughs> so. I can like hand with that. It's not like a big deal. But the sure. thing that made me really laugh was that freaking Striga Prince. Like, oh, the hand the handprint oh and the window seal. I was like, nobody really noticed that. Like, yeah, and they tried to make it look like it could just be like the cracks in old wood, but it was very, Uh, yeah, it was bold, yeah. But and they like there had to have been a more graceful way (laughs) to introduce the the memory, yeah, like to something else. I don't know what, but I, I don't know, I feel like you sort of get the sense that. Dean already knows what it's about before that and that's just like extra confirmation yeah true with the illnesses that is something he recognizes and his whole demeanor in the hospital Mm -hmm. is more concerned than he normally would Mm -hmm. be like yeah he's making jokes about the bikini inspector or whatever but Mm -hmm. I I think it's even more uh, concerned than the fact that it's like a lot of kids like he seems very like in his head I will say I'm very glad in an episode that is mostly about children, the bikini inspector reference is like the only like 
hammy horn dog reference we get thankfully. yeah true we definitely there was definitely potential for them to do mm-hmm. like they did in uh episode three with andrea the yeah yeah hitting on the single mom but he was a normal fucking human being yeah. with yeah. her like Him really sweet well. honestly yeah which is a miracle because she's had less death in her recent past mm. than in the third episode where this woman is just fully grieving and dude's like but hey oh, yeah, let right. me make this uncomfortable yeah. right and it hasn't been that much time since then so yeah has he really grown that much i guess so yeah so after we see the handprint that's when we mm-hmm. get the first flashback right yeah the, yeah, the first, like, lingering shot on his face. Oh yeah, because yeah, it shows you, the first thing it shows you after Kid Dean is mm-hmm. the printout of yeah. the handprint on mm-hmm. the table. This is one time I don't mind the grayscale, mm-hmm. because I did feel like for the flashbacks, that's a really shitty time for them. I think they toned it down when it wasn't in the flashback. I agree. I agree. So there I was like, oh, this actually is logical. Yeah, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what that's what I'm saying. Like, appropriate use. Yes. Use. Like, use it when you want to create a change in mm-hmm. mood or tone somehow. Like, you can't just throw that around willy-nilly. <laughs> like, there's no reason for it. But I liked being able to see what colors people's mm-hmm. hair and clothes and like makeup and eyeballs were. Yeah. <laughs> it was a nice change. Yeah. In that flashback, <laughs> I immediately can tell I don't like John just because mm-hmm. he uses the the only like real phrase he says is shoot first, ask questions later, and I'm like, Ugh. That scene infuriates me. Yeah. The line that makes me the angriest is that's my man. Yes. Um I did also notice that. It fills me with rage. I'm like, sir, that is like a nine-year-old. I just put child abuse in all caps. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of the point of the episode is kind of like the Mm -hmm. forcing the older sibling to grow up. Mm -hmm. To kind of take over your shortcomings as a parent. Which is very much... Even what outside happened? of the the extreme situation that their yeah. family is in, yeah. that's so common. Yeah. That's such a common problem. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Which they show with the um, motel keeper. Although I would say that it's not as bad. But not as bad, yes. correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. And yeah, obviously that's the the inroad mm-hmm. for that character development there is that dean is like ah i see <laughs> i see how it is i really appreciated how in a series where we haven't like john winchester is a morally great character before this episode yeah where we're not really sure and we can write off some things i love how in this episode they're like no the children are too young this is too much responsibility and how he talks to them is so toxic so i'm so glad that once we finally get a fat flashback they don't fuck around they don't make us feel like oh maybe he's redeemable they're like no what he did was wrong yeah and i think part of the patience involved in revealing those details Mm -hmm. has to do with like the the mystery of where john is and what he's doing in the first place but now that that's resolved we Mm -hmm. know what's going on they can they can pull the blinds off entirely Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and i'm glad they did it all at once instead of being like oh here sometimes he wasn't so bad Mm -hmm. i'm glad they went full in because i think that's fair and i think that gives us a lot more context and appreciation for sam and dean 
They're just so small. They're so so small. (laughs) I just, and I, okay, I usually judge when shows have kids in them because I think oftentimes we write kid characters so poorly. Every kid in this episode is written so well and has so much depth to each of them. I think so many times we'll write a young character as very one-dimensional, juvenile, which they are, but even the characters we only get for a second, like the young girl at the beginning, she has depth. So every character has depth in this, and I really appreciated that because this can be done so poorly and happens so often. Yeah, and like props to the person who did the casting because mm-hmm. and I think this is a consistent strength of the show actually. Yeah. Episode three notwithstanding. <laughs> that like the child actors are really mm-hmm. good just overall. Mm-hmm. I actually wanted to talk a little bit more about that because after the flashback we're at the motel and that's when we of course meet the mom and her son. Mm. You Jasper had talked about food in this um, show and we actually see like food as like a parallel for sacrifice. It's used mm. as a vehicle for how the older sibling will sacrifice for. Mm-hmm. Um, with Dean, of course, it was giving up his lucky charms product placement. <laughs> for the other son, it, of course, was giving up his time. Like, right. Yeah. Uh, food also, I think, is a vehicle in this to showcase poverty mm-hmm. yeah. and homelessness for them. Mm-hmm. Like in the first episode, Sam makes fun of Dean's gas station food choice. Yeah. Dean is like chowing down on the Vienna sausages at the funeral in Nightmare. Mm -hmm. And then in this, their their food, their normal food is day after day of SpaghettiOs and like cereal if they're lucky. Yes. And I just, wow. Like it's my heart. (laughs) So we've talked about Dean's eating habits. What did you guys think uh, was the kind of the deeper meaning and then sam handing him the prize like it's kind of weird because um to me this scene this whole episode was kind of like sam doesn't realize the sacrifices Mm -hmm. dean has made for him but then it's kind of weird for him to have like a moment when eating the cereal realizing Mm -hmm. he's taking the last and be like well you can have the prize i felt like that could have been cut out but i might be wrong i actually liked it because i took it as sam has nothing else to offer Right. So Sam never has anything to give back, and that was one moment where he can. Yeah. And I think that's why Sam isn't someone who takes care of Dean, because he wasn't capable. And I think it just plays into that dynamic of he was the one that had to be taken care of age-wise. Right. It's an interesting take. I like that. Thank you. That's my thoughts, pretty mm-hmm. much. Um, what I will say is that I wish they could have found some way to echo that subtly. Mm. Yeah. I'm trying to think of how they could have, like, they have a moment where Sam apologizes to Dean for being on his case about listening to dad's orders, da da da. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that was meant to be that sort of give back. Mm, as an of, adult. Yeah, it, yeah. Like a giving gesture. But I don't know. I It could be giving or it could even be acceptance because I think sometimes we, like, are afraid to accept that we were someone who couldn't help the other person yeah. or we were the one that needed that help. So I do think that's kind of Sam taking that on himself and instead of just rebelling against the dad, he can still rebel against the dad but be like, you know, Dean, you really stepped up. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of weird because this exact moment made me think that this was going to end by Sam realizing he needs to step up and also, Mm. you know, help Dean out. But really, that didn't happen. This episode, to me, at least read mostly as a like closing old wounds. Yeah. So like, that's why we had like the repeat of the cycle. So that's a great point. Right. Let's backtrack, though. Can I talk about fashion for a second? Mm hmm. (laughs) <laughs> Jasper gave me the look of death. I'm always this excited for fashion. This is an important episode for fashion. No, I <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to throw you off. This is important. <laughs> I don't know if either of you have any idea what I'm about to talk about. And I will tell you right now, it is not the single mom. Hmm. It is not anyone in the hospital. It is only very briefly... Sam's really bad brown tie. Yes. What what this episode is all about is purple dog shirt. Yeah, I actually was going to... Fucking purple dog shirt, baby. It's here. I actually was going to... I wrote about that when they get to Mm -hmm. um, that scene later. Fucking love that shirt. I don't know why. Something about it is just really charismatic to me. I wrote purple horse shirt, and it wasn't until the second time we see that <laughs> that I was like, oh, it's a Great Dane. Or like a greyhound. Yeah. Yeah. It's a sight hound, for sure. Yes. Might be a wolfhound. Might be, Might be no, a greyhound. it's not hairy enough. We're not going to Whatever type of dog. It's just anyway, a, it's a dog. It's I a just purple dog like, on an even more purple shirt. Yes. Purple I, uh, dog shirt supremacy. I don't know what it means, but I did like how Childine wears a much more warm palette, like reds. While well, adult oh, yeah. it was switches to more neutrals. Um, neutrals and greens, if anything. The only thing I could think about when they were in the flashbacks was that motel room was very much like it obviously took place in the 80s. Mm. But a motel room that takes place in the 80s that looks like it hasn't been changed since the 60s, I thought like really <laughs> resonated. I was like, yeah, that's a motel room. It's funny you say that because I was also focusing on the kids' room that was all wood paneling. Like, this episode mm, yeah. definitely was in a town that hasn't been updated recently. Yes. Which I think kind of would tie into to the poverty. Like, they yeah. were probably staying at the cheapest motels. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, yeah. Speaking of the motel, when Dean is uh, buying the room or renting the room or whatever... He doesn't really react that much to the kid making that really rude gay joke. <laughs> Two queens. He's like, yeah, I bet. Yeah, and also the second time we get like a weird Dean and Sam jokingly being yeah. seen as a couple. Right. Yeah. I noticed that as From well. From a kid, I didn't mind as much because yeah. kids make so many gay jokes. Well, uh, and I think like kids are just always going to say really offensive shit yeah. because yeah. they don't really know better all the time like they kind of do but they also don't they're pushing boundaries yeah because they're learning yes does a show need to show us that side of what children does Mm, probably not no (laughs) you really don't need to fucking do that i found i like i find that really offensive like Mm. it's cringy in bugs when they do the we accept all races genders and sexualities blah 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 whatever like it's cringy but this is just offensive yeah but he's very, anyway, Dean doesn't really react to it. He's just mm-hmm. like, yeah, whatever, fucking stupid kid. Yeah. You're just like eye roll kind of reaction. Mm-hmm. And I mean, part of it is definitely that it's a kid, but it's nice to also see him not flip out and get really uncomfortable. Yeah. 
Yeah. Can I talk about strigas? Is this a good time to bring in lore? Yeah. Let's talk about the lore. I love the idea of strigas. So often a striga, this is Albanian, which is why I'm basing most of this on, but I'll get into the similarities later. Often they're not evil at the start. They're evil after their children are killed or they are infertile. So it's the fear of women without children or losing children, um, which is something we see again and again. They follow the laws of nature and kind of use nature to their advantage. They have sharp, pointy teeth, but they're short. I love that specifically they're short. Yeah, because it specifically said like vampires, but teeny teeth. Um, Aww. (laughs) Kind of cute. And they are old, gray, blue, or frosty eyes, crooked nose, gray, long hair. They're said to sometimes have an evil eye. Oh, so literally the old lady. Literally the old lady. Yeah, That's I mean, why like, I, I wrote her. down that she was a Striga stereotype, but mm-hmm. I didn't know how exactly on so the nose. Spot on. Yeah. And they often are said to drink children's blood or kill the children, or, oh, sometimes they would drain them by spitting into the children's mouths. Which, let's just move on. That's disgusting. How to get rid of them. There are a few different ways. You could, garlic can ward them off. You could specifically trap them in a church on Easter with pig bones shaped into a cross. Placed at the church's threshold and then kill them while they try to leave. Or... (laughs) Wow, that's extremely specific. (laughs) Which I love because this period, like the early, like after Christ through early medieval often they make it super specific because then they have the excuse that if it goes wrong you can just be like well you messed up the formula that's why this didn't work oh fuck (laughs) um or you could take salt touch your closed eyes mouth heart opposite heart and stomach which is almost like uh making the sign of the cross yes and then whisper a phrase and throw salt in a fire or you could then there was something about oh spitting so this is interesting because Albania is like a kind of a place of mixed cultures. So the Catholic version, you could throw water at them with a cross in it. Or the Islamic version, you could recite verses from the Quran and spit water at them. Okay. So both containing the idea of water. with water in your mouth, I'm sure. Yeah, that's true. I'm assuming you have an assistant. Oh, okay. You're not like multitasking. (laughs) Yeah, one person's the spitter, one person's the reader. Yes. (laughs) Oh, if you're saying it with a rhythm, maybe they're both spitting. Oh. (laughs) I quit. (laughs) No, I'm actually really proud of you for that one. Yeah, I know. I'm a genius. Whatever. Um, Babies and children are more susceptible and beautiful women, randomly. So Sam might be our beautiful woman in this episode. So delicate. I'm I'm so happy that we're feeding the trans lesbian Sam. Always. The trans lesbian Sam headcanon. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then if one way you can get rid of them is say, mashallah, which is um, like congratulations to help protect from this. But the thing that's so fascinating to me, and this is something that we see time and time again, because religions and like cultures are mixed naturally. There's no like natural border where one culture starts and another ends, especially historically. Um, Especially in Albania. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, This is related to so many different things. The Greek and Roman strix, striga, strega in Italy, uh, lamia, night witch, 
Grilla, which is the Swedish who eat babies. And please look up the the famous painting of this uh, the Grilla, which is literally this woman over like hovering over a half eaten baby. Yeah, it's great. Lilith, Lamastu, Jello, Mormo, the Filipino Mananigal, and maybe even related to Diana's ride and Night Witch. If I hadn't mentioned that. So I have um, something, an interesting thought about this. So listening to the lore, and I think this actually ties into the episode really well, Mm -hmm. because we obviously get like how witch like Astriga Mm -hmm. is, especially because they're very centered around like femininity, which witches Mm -hmm. are as well. But also the vampire. Yeah. They're very vampires. And so kind of like a witch mix with a vampire. What's interesting to me about vampires is the original story, the original tellings of vampire, Mm -hmm. like the creation of the monster even into like modern times like Anne Rice, there's a loss of innocence associated mm-hmm. with the story of a vampire. And that's kind of what we have in this episode as well. Yeah. So the monster parallels the story to me so well, which it's, we have not always got. It's like, it, that's what I want. That's all I want. Yes. <laughs> that's yeah. all I want. And I'm so happy when they mm-hmm. actually do it effectively. I'm so glad you brought that up, Jordan, because that was in my notes to bring up. Yes. Love your big brain. Oh, thank you. Um, what I was showing on my phone was mm-hmm. actually a Japanese monster, which is really similar, called the Yamauba, mm-hmm. who's a mountain witch who is old and mm-hmm. infertile and eats babies. Yeah, and I think that infertile even goes with the loss of innocence because the idea that women are docile yeah. until the point when they lose their children or are infertile. Yeah, because they cease to be women at yes. that yes. point. In the mindset of the world, not us. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> Just to shut that out. Yeah, in my little world, mm-hmm. men do not have rights and... <laughs> <laughs> Um, which is thing about rights in the 500s Germany, you could oh. be fine for being a strega, which is a screeching witch or mm. a night witch, um, <laughs> which is fascinating. I, just, I like, love that. Like they're going to knock on your door. Yes. Witch tax. I just imagine like a striga going out to her mailbox and being like, damn, not another striga bill. <laughs> being a striga is getting so expensive. <laughs> And one thing I found interesting, there is actually Strigeria, um, which is Italian for Catholic folk magic, which was huh. a mix between witchcraft and Catholicism, which not always happens. So, Well, to be fair, Catholic mass is witchcraft. Yes. So yes. just the allowing of that after yeah. is what I mean. Okay. And they can be, this is one thing you see all the time with female creatures, can be hags, entran- enchantresses, or diviners. Diviners? Diviners. Diviners, thank mm-hmm. you. And I have two quick shout outs because of this. A lot of this um, comes from online, but mainly comes from my own notes from Sarah Isles Johnson's class at OSU. It's OSU Medrun 2666. I'm sure they ask for that to happen, which is a class on the history of witchcraft from post Roman up to modern. Um, or at least medieval. And then also shout out to the book Stregonona by Tommy De Paolo, which is a book from my childhood, which is, it's its name is um, like Witch Grandma. And there's just a little old witch who's the grandma Aww. of everyone. And it's very sweet. Aww. And so whenever I think of Stregas, I think of this book. Yeah, the, um, the witches in, the witches 
the <laughs> the movie uh, and also the book by Roald Dahl mm-hmm. are basically the same kind of deal. Yeah, I'm so amazed at how many cultures this is in. Yeah, well, and that one also, I believe, was intended to seem like some kind of Eastern European thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, talking about how they're also related to vampires, I wonder if there's a similar kind of like racist or xenophobic Ooh. angle as well because the the witches in particular the book not mm-hmm. witches as a concept <laughs> is extremely uh anti-semitic yes. as is dracula and just thinking about a lot of i wonder i'm having thinky thoughts yeah and it's always so interesting to me because it's often that these stories are anti-different groups of people but then they exist among all groups of people so it's so interesting to me how different groups use this as a fear of the other well also there could be some safety in a like a negative story that targets who you are Mm. then subverting that story to like not include your characteristics are like yeah are like reforming it literally could be life-saving so yeah you just kind of take it and turn it to have the characteristics of those that you have othered Mm. yeah Yeah. i i find that so fascinating and please if you are into medieval um roman greek anytime witchcraft like give me your articles i also linked in our notes um the professor's books that she's written she is fucking amazing one of my favorite teachers i ever had and honestly if i could pay just to sit in that class each year it is so worth it so now if we're done to the, with uh the lore i kind of wanted to get back to the scene where they visit the old woman and kind of what and at Ooh. least i thought the point mm-hmm. of that was yeah yeah narratively yeah narratively i literally think the only purpose that like that scene had was they were at the motel went to visit the old lady then they were back at the motel mm-hmm. like it was literally just a way to make time pass is mm. what i felt you think i mean what else would it be for well like i think it was a bad device i the one thing that i can think is that they're telling you not to like not to believe the first thing that mm-hmm. you see because she is so you know complete stereotype Mm -hmm. for what Estrida looks like I I feel like it's encouraging us to look for the monsters in people who don't seem that like they're monstrous that's what I think but it's hard to say because like we were talking about you know this show doesn't like to be subtle yeah the presentation of the old woman was extremely Mm -hmm. unsubtle yeah so when the narrative payoff or the thematic payoff for the old woman is subtle in that way like we don't have mm-hmm. anyone saying bonk guess we should have thought outside <laughs> our little box our yeah. little idea of what- they were literally like haha she really scared you didn't she yeah. <laughs> sleeping with my papers open oh my god yeah. that was hilarious. i actually think that was really funny yeah but you know they mm-hmm. don't talk about it again yeah i took it as that and i really liked how even and again, this is not something explicit, but um, how the doctor still turns into a similar creature as what she looks like in life. Right. Um. So I did like that. Emphasize this, like, yeah, you can be afraid of this thing because this thing looks like that. But sometimes people in life, like, aren't that 
thing, even if they look like it, even if they're the stereotype, because I think often we like demonize women and um, especially women who are unattached. It was yeah. actually, it ended up being a male doctor. Yes, that's why I really I, liked. I know he probably uses like a magical transformation to turn into the Striga. <laughs> I want to see Dr. Heidegger's yeah. magical girl transformation <laughs> sequence. He just like, bippity boppity boo. In my head canon, though, he puts on Striga drag. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> It's, it's probably just who they got, but there's that scene. Oh my god! Yes, it was yes. so booby. Oh my god, it was really booby. I was gonna bring that up. <laughs> the 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 actual body of the striga when they show it on the floor has like it's very curvaceous. You're right. Yeah, it, it is like triple F. Like that that is either a that is either a breastplate or he has a really good plastic surgeon. <laughs> That, those boobies needed no bra. That's Let so me tell funny. you that. But yeah, so this is something that I was thinking already with regards to the parallel between the single mom and John. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wonder if the Striga itself is also trying to link us there as well mm. by saying that <clears throat> the old woman who appears to be the baddie is not the baddie. It's actually this man in a position of power. We're then, like, sort of led along to say the single woman who seems like she's a bad parent is not the bad parent. The bad parent was John. Yes. Even though there's the parallel mm-hmm. between them. I would yeah. have never thought of that, but I love that. That's perfect. Yeah. You said well, it amazingly. And, like, that was a thought that was already on my brain mm-hmm. because of the way, like, that final scene with her and Michael is Mm -hmm. like, I was like, oh, they're like already showing us that she is a good parent. Mm -hmm. She's just stressed out and busy. So after that scene, they get back to the hotel room and I'm pretty sure that's when they find out that the um, kid working the hotel desk, the younger Mm -hmm. sibling has been attacked by the Striga. Um, If we didn't have a parallel already. Right. Yes. They're just like, things happen. It's like two times and things have a mirror one mirror and everything yeah. is two and everything is dual yes <laughs> she's like you're crazy this is a i'm doing a bit ally <laughs> i don't know what's up with me and food metaphors tonight but this is like they prepared you a meal but they didn't think you would get it well enough so now they are pushing it into your mouth yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> So yeah, they get back to the hotel room and that's when they find out and the son is obviously very sad that he can't go. He's like, is he the one who says it's my job to protect them? Is that when he says that now? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah he which, does. He was like, because he was blaming himself for not shutting the window. Which in the context of this episode, I think really is a pretty powerful quote yeah. relating to Dean and what he's going through. We'll say a little weird that the mom just leaves, leaves this kid to man a motel. <laughs> and I it's forgot not, that part. The, and she's like, just don't, you don't need to turn down the rooms. I don't know if that was them trying to be like, there is an adult on yeah, the premises. I think that's exactly what that was. Cause she's like, Oh, this other lady is here, but it's a working adult. Not one. Yeah. Wa- yeah. And I'm like, you're going to leave him with two men. You don't know. Just <laughs> yeah, literally in the parking lot. I think they had lot. had a scene with this other employee earlier. So they could establish it's someone that yeah. they know and trust. Yes. I think it would work. But yeah, no, I I totally agree. Yeah, but luckily, as audience members, we know Sam and Dean, so I guess 
that's something I can hand wave, but it's so weird. Yeah, well, it ca- and you know it brings up again the same fucking issues we mm-hmm. had with Andrea in that episode. The fact that she was just so chill with these random <laughs> dudes yes. who just came into town, like hanging out around her like 12 year old in playgrounds looking for children oh jesus (laughs) what the fuck (laughs) i will say um a characterization that was kind of different is Mm -hmm. um because the victims were children like it could have been just because you know obviously this was very close to dean this case they seemed a lot more passionate about the victims Mm -hmm. this time than they have in previous episodes i respect that yeah. <laughs> yes, hurting children is bad. Exactly. Yeah, that's why that's why I'm making that face, Allie. I'm like, uh well, I'm glad that you respect that. Like what in other news, water is wet. Like <laughs> yes. I'm sorry, I was mainly thinking about when it's like these boring white men who are shitty. I'm like, I can yeah, don't care about him. <laughs> children care about put your effort sure, there. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Um so after this this is when they split so yeah this is before they go the mom leaves she can't drive so dean ha- drives her to the hospital sam stays at the motel yeah. the one thing that the second half of this episode did i just kind of like that they're paying attention to like small details like they get back from the scene uh, dean has the phone call that's when um sam is doing the research looking at old newspapers which i really appreciate scenes Mm -hmm. like that in this show especially this early where it's very monster of the week doing the research like we want to know how you get from point a to point b yes jordan jordan is a slut for a library i just love it it's so good so after they he then gets back and dean is obviously very upset that the doctor is the one doing this and he wants to be mad Mm -hmm. i like that they get back and sam is like i'm surprised you didn't pull a bullet in him and dean is like i'm not gonna do that in a Mm -hmm. children's ward but small details in this yeah very good that whole reaction is Mm -hmm. really good he was like okay first off it's pediatric ward second off that wouldn't help it wouldn't kill it (laughs) and like all this other stuff Another reminder that he's not a fucking idiot. Yeah, well, and the thing is, is, like, they really subvert the relationship between the two because, like, Dean has more emotions on his sleeves, but then Sam is the more explosive one. It's... Yeah, and he also takes more risks. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking about Route 666 when he's like, oh, I wasn't sure if that would work, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Dean seems to tend to be like, this works, let's try it. Yeah. kind of thought process the hospital scene though i think what i really like about that is that it's a very quiet scene yeah and you can tell that he that dean is disturbed and yeah. there's the shot of the the doctor like stroking the child's forehead yes. in what is a very like nurturing and parental gesture mm-hmm. and we know that dean is basically sam's other parent and you know has probably done stuff like that and then to see that in such a disgusting yeah way to like pervert yeah that. i yeah. i thought that jensen was particularly good in this scene especially then talking to the doctor right after that and just like trying not to flip out yeah 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 definitely a good scene and then after this is when they kind of discuss well they get in they kind of fight about it they fight about it yeah yeah and i think it's interesting we're talking about dean not being stupid but it almost seems out of character almost i think it is in character but it almost seems out of character how like 
callous he seems on the yes. surface because you know, like his anger right now is being channeled into this like tactical mm-hmm. mode where he's like well we gotta get rid of it yeah this productive yeah sense yep so they argue over pretty much the plan mm-hmm. of how they're gonna take with the bait yeah. yeah with the bait were you surprised by that scene I was surprised because I had thought that they weren't going to want to like, I kind of expected that the child was going to have to be used at bait, but I didn't think that they would actually choose to put the child in danger like that. Yeah. But I think it's because Dean has so much trauma related to this spirit that he's like, this is the only Mm -hmm. way to do it. Yeah. I will say parents tell your children if someone ever asked to come into your child's house and put a webcam in their oh room and God, watch them sleep scene. i was like oh and when he's so specifically weird. like don't worry we'll be able to see everything when it's dark there's a part of me that was like oh God, yeah please don't say this like Ugh. i know Terrifying. the reason in the plot but just hearing an adult man say that yeah weird the, the stranger danger yes. Yes. alerts that kid is like sure dean <laughs> yeah so, talked about Dean at the hospital, but mm-hmm. we didn't really talk about Sam at the library. And I know, I do love that they showed him doing it, and they showed, like, the old newspaper images and everything. Just It just still bothers me that he's only been there for, like, 30 minutes, yeah. and he's already, mm. like, linked all these seemingly unrelated epidemics of... Mm-hmm. whatever like are we supposed to assume or did i miss it maybe um that he was just researching like bacterial pneumonia ap- epidemics every time yeah. and like happened to link all of them like i like for me that was the kind of that's the kind mm-hmm. of disbelief that i have a lot of trouble suspending yes. like i understand <laughs> that it's genre tv so but it's it's the um it's the details of actual reality, not the details of the monster that really allow you to suspend your disbelief for mm-hmm. the monster. And also, it's just distracting, in my opinion. <laughs> well, especially, like, he wasn't on a computer. He was looking at old mm. newspapers. Yeah. Well, I mean, those would be in some kind of database for him to yeah. to look them up. But it was one of those... Yeah, so what he's using is a microfilm reader. Mm. So I that machine in and of itself is not a database. It's just used to look at images. So he would have had to find all of the images and piece them together mm-hmm. first. Still, if he doesn't get a job, if like he stops hunting and he doesn't <laughs> want to be an attorney, at, like a researcher. Yeah. Oh my geez, God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah if, if I can suspend my disbelief and say, wow... Sam found all that shit <laughs> real fast. Yes, he deserves a very high-paying job. <laughs> yes, that is that was intense. Um, and then right after that fight, oh man, the fight itself. God, I still have things to say about that. It just like really frustrates me because there seems like there's obviously the level or or part of Dean that is like trying to live up to expectations here there's that but i feel like in this moment he's also acting like john Mm. a little bit and like that sort of like distanced way and they like that does get turned on its head very quickly yeah but it's still it hurts to watch yeah it it's it just sucks i'm like no don't do it (laughs) don't become your father everyone's worst nightmare becoming their own father not yes yeah 
So my question is, is this when before they actually have the scene in the bedroom with the Striga, this is when the final flashback is, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when we learn that Dean has, after Sam went to bed, he left to go play on the at the arcade. Mm-hmm. Um, my question to you both would be, and we kind of get to see this a little bit, do you think John interrupting Dean possibly is what let the striga get away like yes. he i think he maybe would have shot you i think? don't know maybe that's i'm ca- not sure i'm not sure either i think he would and i think it was intentional because the dad blames him and uh dean even says he looked differently at him after that i think it is and their dad's sending him on this trip it feels very like manipulative and like not beneficial God, I hate him so yeah. much. I have never hated a fictional character as much as I hate John Winchester. Well, here's my problem once we find out this scene. This mm-hmm. scene really bugged me, and this is what I was referring mm-hmm. to earlier, because this whole time I thought we're going to find out that it's not Dean's fault, or like at least he will, fi- hopefully, he will find out it's not his fault. John was not a good father. No. But we find out that through the scene, the point was not to realize it wasn't his fault. It was to make his past right, is how I felt mm-hmm. the narrative was kind of told here, in my opinion. And that did not sit super well with me. Mm-hmm. But maybe you both got a different read on it. I think we are dealing with an unreliable narrator. Mm. I think we understand things differently than Dean does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, when I see that scene... I see a cruel man. Mm-hmm. Yes. I I don't think that that child was able to do anything in that moment to help. Phenomenal Especially with the consecrated wrought iron whatever mm-hmm. bullets. Uh, I don't think we're supposed to think those are in the gun that was left for Dean. So even mm-hmm. if he had made the shot immediately, it doesn't mean it would do anything. So... I don't know. But the other thing is that he's a child, so it's not his fault anyway. It's his father's Mm -hmm. fault for Mm -hmm. leaving them there. Well, and, like, my thing, too, is, like, if he was just sitting out in the living room while Sam was in bed, like, that Striga was probably still going to come in whether he was there or not. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. We see in the scene where it comes and takes the younger brother Mm -hmm. of the new child like the other the child is still in the bed yeah they're Mm -hmm. they're are they they're sharing a bed aren't they or they're in separate beds but in the same room yeah 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 so i i think that what we're seeing is that dean draws different conclusions Mm. from the series of events than we as the audience do because he's an unreliable narrator Mm -hmm. with his own hang-ups and issues and we have like clear heads about what's going on well even like after two like oh it's so heartbreaking watching him rock sam and then like yell at dean yeah very uncomfortable yeah the face that Mm -hmm. jeffrey dean morgan makes at him with his dumb hair yeah They're just trying to prove that it was in the, the 80s, past. Yeah. 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 But after that scene, when, like, Sam, Dean and Sam are sort of unpacking it, mm-hmm. because he's, like, explaining what's been going on. Yeah. He, John sent me here to finish it. He looked at me different afterwards. And then Sam tries to mm-hmm. be like, it's not your fault. And he's like, I didn't follow an order all this stuff and the only thing i can think is that john is just a cruel 
cruel, mm. petty man. Yeah. Yeah, because that's that's what this felt like. This felt like him literally sending Dean to make his mm-hmm. wrong yeah. right. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, you fuck up. Go clean up your mess. Exactly. Yeah. exactly how it feels. Well, Especially he, like, because, you know, he didn't call about it. Mm-hmm. He didn't, like, send a message. He just texted them coordinates. Yeah. It's so... It's honestly, like, I find it disturbing. Well, he, yeah, he didn't even tell them it was going to be Astriga. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, like, plus the flashback sequences through that really weird, long, open-eyed scene that mm-hmm. Dean did. We're showing that these are, this isn't the show presenting us information as an audience. Like, this is Dean experiencing mm-hmm. these. He's remembering sure. these. Yeah. So these are literally, like, PTSD flashbacks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for I'm real. Like, oof. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. And then, and then moving forward, and he's having to try and ask ask Michael to be the bait. Mm-hmm. And that's when it sort of is like turning the whole thing on its head about him stepping into mm-hmm. John's personality or whatever, yeah. because he like he's having to perpetuate yes this like stealing of innocence. But all of the things he does after it, like mm-hmm. getting Michael's consent to do it at all, repeatedly asking for his consent, like not making him attack the monster so mm-hmm. that like the, the violent act is not on him in any way, telling him to hide and cover his ears, even just for like the small things, because those weren't things that were mm-hmm. like afforded to him as a child or yes. even really to Sam um, after a certain point. So I just, like, it's still just ouch that Mm -hmm. he has to tell the kid that, like, this thing is real and other things like it are real. Mm -hmm. But, like, I don't know. I just feel like he's doing everything he can not to make it horrible, you know? Mm -hmm. I just hate it. I Oh, it hurts me. This episode fills me with pain. Did we want to talk about the uh, then having to parallel where the Striga does end up getting to attack Sam again? Mm. Uh, did we all see that coming? Of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean. Did the, do you think that added anything to the narrative? No. To, no. No, same. No, I yeah. thought that was completely, no. I think if that scene was mm-hmm. going to be useful, it should have been the other way around. Yes, it added I absolutely thing. agree. And that's when I go back to like the handing of the prize. Yeah. I thought this was the moment. I'm like, Dean is going to get attacked by the, Strig- the Striga, but it's going to have to be Sam's going to have to take up and also now realize he has to also take care of his brother, too. They're in a codependent relationship now. It is no longer big brother, little brother. I mean, it well, is. Okay, they're they were always codependent. Yes, mm-hmm. but I understand. What yeah, you're Which trying to say you're trying to say interdependent. Yes. Interdependent. It needs to balance out. Yeah. Yes, codependency is not balance. It is not extreme. at all. <laughs> Interdependency is the one thing we learn. Sam half dead looks better than Sam old at the end of the show. Oh shit! Yes, <laughs> that's the only thing we learn from this. I do want to go back to the interdependency thing. Because Sam is the one who gets attacked Mm -hmm. by the Striga and has to again be saved by Dean, I think we do have to say it's not interdependent, possibly. No, no, exactly. Yes, he's still having to be the parent. And I think part of that is because of John's continued absence. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, The fact that it like like dean probably feels like this is a redemptive moment yeah. for him like he's writing over his past mistake mm-hmm. or whatever but really he's just yeah continuing mm-hmm. his own cycle yeah he's he's still doing the thing that mm-hmm. their father should have been doing for them yeah, yeah. 
the part after he kills it when he shoots it again twice. <laughs> yes. Oh, sweet baby. Like, it hurts. Because so, those are for him. Yeah. yeah. Those are for him. It's just the only really positive takeaway for mm-hmm. Dean's development as a character is that he now knows mm-hmm. he is capable of stepping in for John. Mm-hmm. Where before he was doing it, but still had a lot of guilt about it. So, uh, eh. Yeah. The last thing that they talk about is, like, this concept of innocence there. Mm-hmm. And, like, hurts me so much yeah. the way that Sam is like, I wish I could have that innocence. And Dean says, I wish you could, too. Yes. But Absolutely. he doesn't wish for his own back mm-hmm. because he feels so obligated. And it, oh, man, and my I feel heart. Like that's not even a consideration for him. Yeah. Like, he knows there's not even a chance, but he still wishes it for Sam. Yeah, I just, and, and, you know, knowing that John didn't have to, but did steal mm-hmm. their innocence, mm-hmm. and that Dean would take it back if mm-hmm. he could, but John wouldn't. I don't think John would take it back. No. Like, it's just, man, I fucking <laughs> hate no. him so much. I wish he was a real person so I could murder him. Too long, didn't listen? Fuck John Winchester. Yeah, this is the <laughs> John Winchester hate episode. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, let's, uh, real quick do the fanfic this one is also a fluff just like the last episode i love it because you just need some sometimes (laughs) this one is called a dad and a dean it's by eternal she wolf the summary is just quote i don't have a mom i have a dean um and this is a (laughs) ally your heart (laughs) it's breaking me no it's it's cute the other tags are family childhood okay well Maybe it's a little sad. (laughs) Family, childhood, children, memories of child neglect, um, parenthood, absent parents, (laughs) young Sam and Dean, protective Dean, mentions of homophobia. Oh. Oh, Just very, very slightly. I did read this one. Um, It's it's good. Big Brother Dean and pre-series. It was published in 2013. It has a shitload of hits, like almost 15K. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's Dean taking Sam back and forth from Mm. school. Mm kind of stuff it's very cute if i remember yeah no it is it is cute you know what the end the end is what makes okay. it work mm-hmm. i like sad fanfic i can't take a sad ending no the that's end, just called the show yeah <laughs> the show uh we're not talking about we're not talking about the end of this show. i didn't mean the finale i mean the end of like every arc oh <laughs> Yeah, true. true, true, true. Just multiple sad. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm not talking about one sadness. Oh no, we're, we're talking about the, the uh, multitude of uh, sadness. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay, so how are we? How are we rating this episode? What? Did, how did we feel about it? I just because I don't necessarily like the narrative that was pushed at the end. I'm going to give it a four instead of a five. I'm just like I don't understand where your head is at with that yeah. because I feel like narratively we are supposed to understand that it's all fucked up and he doesn't need to feel this way but he does i just wish that dean doesn't need to know that but i wish as an audience we could get like the confirmation so maybe a 4.5 i will say Mm -hmm. this may be my favorite episode of Mm. the season like it's mm-hmm. it's a great episode. Yeah. I'm especially for not having much main plot mm-hmm. aside from having John associated with it. Um, I'm gonna give it so yeah, I'll go four point five. Um, mm, I'm gonna give it four point five massive striga titties. <laughs> oh, what about you, Allie? I'm gonna give it 
five out of five creepy webcams because let's mention that that is not a normal healthy thing yeah so i'm gonna reiterate that but the five out of five i thought was fantastic um i really loved every character in it even the character i hate i love the development it gives and just it was perfect yeah that's a chef kiss yes 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 (laughs) yes jasper yeah i too give this one a five out of five i still like faith better as an episode Mm, um, this season but this one is just, yeah, ouch, mm-hmm. <laughs> pain. I love to be in pain. <laughs> I love it. I love to take psychic damage. Five out of five arcade games. Oh. Surprised you didn't say dog shirts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but the dog shirt isn't related narratively. True. That's yeah. like every th- other thing I say <laughs> in this podcast. It's like, how is this narratively relevant? <laughs> Jordan, what do you think will happen next? God, it's so hard because I was not expecting this episode. Yeah, I'm gonna guess. Okay, we've we've had. I I think we're gonna get another. Well, the next one we'll be seeing is episode 19 out of 22. So yeah. keep that in mind. I think like we have to now have the Meg, John, Ooh. everyone together. We need the big showdown. I want to say the building up to the showdown mm. is gonna happen. I like it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. it picks up pace. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thanks for tuning in to On the Road with Supernatural. Our theme music was composed by Anthony Ployhar, and special thanks to Sophia London for our logo. If you're having fun, hit us up on Tumblr, Instagram, or Twitter at OTR Supernatural, or contact us by email at On the Road with Supernatural at gmail.com with any questions or feedback. That's all for today. See you next time in New Paltz, New York. Bye. 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 Bye.